The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Episode 278, Frugal Side Hustle, Salesforce with Brad Rice. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are continuing our Frugal Side Hustle series, and we are covering Salesforce. Jill, how much did you know about Salesforce before this interview? Little to nothing. I had heard the term before. I've heard people talk about it, so I can't say I've never heard of them. It was not what I thought. I couldn't have explained it to you. Now that I know what I know, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, so if you have a preconceived notion about the term Salesforce or you're like, I don't do sales, I don't do tech, please give this episode a chance because I actually learned something. I mean, I learned a lot that I didn't know, and I've actually used Salesforce when I worked for a nonprofit. So like, I've known about it since... 2009. And I learned more about it today. And I think it's just this hidden gem of a side hustle, especially if you are looking to get out of your current full-time employment. This is one that can really take you there quickly. If we're looking we're if we're looking at timeliness, this is one of those that's going to take you where you want to go quickly. Mm. And you want to know what another hidden gem is. Mm -hmm. Our debt-free story, season one on YouTube. It's not a sing-along or a musical. It's not. But I did make it that just now. You asked, (laughs) 
We're delivering. We've got 10 interviews with listeners just like you who've paid off debt and are not only here to celebrate, but to share their story in the hopes of inspiring you on your own debt-free journey. Our third story went live yesterday on youtube.com slash frugalfriends. So binge them all. And then you can subscribe to the channel, turn on those notifications, and you'll be the first to know when the next seven go live. This is such a fun endeavor that we are doing. It highlights you all, our listeners. You get to see our faces. I don't know if that's a treat or not, but Debt-Free Stories Season 1 on YouTube. I'm so excited. This is a project we have been working on for a very long time. It's not like a TV show, but we like to make it seem like one by saying season one. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah, because <laughs> it's fun. And it's it's just something we've wanted to share more debt-free stories with you. You ask for them all the time. You ask for more than we can deliver on the podcast. And so we just created a new outlet for you to binge debt-free stories so that you can be inspired and also when it's your turn to share a debt-free story, you can celebrate. So it's a twofold mm. that mm. it's just so exciting. Mm-hmm. We hope that you will uh, you will watch, listen, share, etc. Cetera. etc. Cetera. Yes. All right. So if you've been following along with our frugal side hustle series, we've had a few of these so far. Uh, we've got episode 257, uh, where we're talking about how to get into freelance writing with Miranda Marquette. And then we also have episode 242, where we talk about how to get into selling digital products online with LED app. So those are really good. Our goal with the frugal side hustle series is to present side hustles that A, actually are profitable. They're not things that you are, you know, we're not talking about side hustle apps and things. These are profitable. They are worth your time, but they're also not super expensive to get started with. Yes, you can buy programs online that help you get started faster and more efficiently. We highly recommend those. And we're not going to talk about one that has a program that we wouldn't recemend because there are some you can spend two to five thousand plus dollars on some of these programs we those are not the programs we will be recommending and we don't specifically recommend products but we do in general don't think that they're a bad idea but we're always going to make sure that we recommend things that it's not a requirement. There's no gatekeeping behind a paywall to get into these things because uh, that's usually an indicator of some kind of scam. And and we're not here for frugal scams. We're here for frugal side hustles. And Salesforce is one of these things that you would think would be gatekept by expensive programs, but it is absolutely not. And there's no one better to talk about it then my friend, Bradley Rice, we have been friends for a number of years, and I've just watched all of his success with Salesforce and helping people, specifically helping people get started in Salesforce careers. So he's worked in the Salesforce ecosystem for like over 10 years. He has become one of their highest paid Salesforce professionals, and now he helps others get their career started faster and more effectively 
He has a, a Salesforce career development program, which helps people land tech jobs with no tech background, no college degree. Uh, and when you hear about why Salesforce uh, makes this available, you'll understand why. There's always a reason. If you're not paying for something, there's always somebody's getting paid in some way. And we like to follow the money, and, and we know Salesforce targets mid to to large companies for their profit so they don't they don't gouge the people who are like working the salesforce ecosystem so like it just it makes sense why their business model is so favorable towards people who are looking to start salesforce careers yeah let's learn more from bradley Bradley, welcome. We are so excited to have you on the show and talk about Salesforce. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me to come hang out. And yeah, hopefully we can share some stuff that's valuable to the audience. So let's do it. Oh, I imagine we will. Anytime we can talk about ways to earn more, increase our income potential, our skill set. We love to learn about all of those things and side hustles. So excited to have you, Bradley. Yes. So I I feel fortunate that I have known you for quite a while. I got to write a story on you when I was writing for the Penny Hoarder. And like, I, I feel like what you're talking about and what you're helping people with is this like little nugget of gold that really does deserve more publicity, really does deserve more exposure. And so I'm finally glad that we can can get you in here to talk about it. So tell us what is Salesforce? Why is there so much demand and people don't know about it? Yeah. So I, I think the reason that people don't know about it to, to sort of get into what it is, is because it's a it's a tool used by businesses, right? And we're, we're all consumers. So we know all about consumer products and consumer goods and the things that we can purchase. But Salesforce doesn't really come up because it's not something that you would purchase unless you are mainly a mid-size or enterprise-size business. And most people simply are not mid-to-enterprise-size business owners. So hearing about it in day-to-day conversation is likely not going to happen unless you happen to know someone who is a Salesforce professional. So that's the reason I think a lot of people don't know about it. And... You know, there's not a lot of people advocating or going out on podcasts like yours and talking about it. Uh, so that's really the only way is going to be if we have more conversations like this. Uh, now, what is Salesforce? Because I got to tell you, like my main gripe is the name of this platform, because it sounds like you're either going to do sales or if you're not doing sales, you're still going to be doing sales. And it's definitely like an MLM or something like that, because the name of it is literally Salesforce. Like, it's so confusing. Uh, but what it actually is, is as a Salesforce professional, you help automate business processes. And that might sound a little vague. So it's imagine something like you have a website and there's a form where somebody can put in their name and email address to learn more about your product. And you might ask for their phone number, too. So what you could do inside of Salesforce is say, okay, as soon as they fill out that form, let's go ahead and track them and see, do they click on our product page? Do they click on our pricing page? Do they watch any videos on our website? Okay, so we start to score you. 
And we go, okay, this is a person who's really interested. They didn't just like fill out a form and then click X and walk away and go do their day. They're really interested in our product. So now that we have their name and email address and their phone number, we're gonna consider this a warm lead. And let's go ahead and put them on a list to have a sales rep call them tomorrow and talk to them more about what our product is. And let's go ahead and send them an email about our product and let them know that we notice that they're interested. However, on the other hand, you might do something totally different. If they just fill out the form and walk away, you might just send them an email maybe once a month, once a week, maybe a newsletter, something like that, to continue to nurture them and warm them up. And that's an example of how you can differentiate something that seems exactly the same, but treat people completely differently based on their actions. And that's just one example of what you can do, do with a tool like Salesforce. And what that allows you to do is say you got a thousand new leads yesterday, got an amazing website, you got a thousand new leads through that form. Well, now you're, you don't have to assign a sales rep to call a thousand people. You can assign a sales rep to call 20 people that have shown repeated patterns of this is the type of person we should call because this is the type of person who makes a purchase on a phone call. So just one example. And so what you do is Salesforce automates all of that for you. And you as the professional are the one who figures out how to make that work. You make Salesforce understand how to look at two different leads differently. And that carries all the way from marketing for new leads to selling to customer support to finances and everything you would need to operate a business. So to answer the third part of your question, why is it so in demand? It's in demand because, and I'll just put this lightly and we can get more into it. If you think about what smartphones did for consumers, just how efficient it made us, how productive it made us, how much power we had in our hand, that's what Salesforce did for businesses. It took them from having to use 30 different tools to run a small business or mid-sized business and it allowed them to use one tool that there's a mobile app for that they could have everything working in the palm of their hand or with one login to you know their Google Chrome browser. And now they have everything they need in one spot. And so if you can imagine the impact smartphones had on us as consumers, that's the impact that Salesforce had on businesses. Okay, so I'll be the representative for the population who has never heard of Salesforce before. Just the representative, <laughs> okay? Uh, of course, I'm an expert. I'm just asking on behalf correct, correct. of others. This is Jill. <laughs> so is Salesforce something that people could do for work as an independent contractor? Are we talking about employee status? Like if someone's thinking, this sounds really great, what does that intersection look like with Salesforce and who might they be working for? Yeah, that's a it's a great question. And I'll say that the one of my favorite things about Salesforce is like, I would not be talking about Salesforce on a podcast if it was just a job. Right. And the reason I love this career path so much, um, number one, it served me. So I was able to get from not knowing what I wanted to do out of college to financially independent by 31 and got to work from home for my entire career and have like flexible work hours and autonomy over when I worked and as long as I got my work done. And so the, the beautiful thing about these careers is how flexible they are. And what I typically tell people is you should expect for year one, year one, expect to be a W-2 employee. And there's a few reasons for that. And you're going to be working for, you could go work for Salesforce directly, like the company, the big corporation Salesforce, but in all likelihood, 
you're going to work for one of their over 200,000 customers globally, right? And it's because each person or each company who purchases Salesforce to automate their business needs a professional to come help build out those automations and make it all work effectively. And many of those customers have full-time Salesforce professionals on staff, you know, at least one, many have, you know, multiples. And there are hundreds, if not, you know, probably a couple thousand Salesforce consultancies across the world. So just companies that have Salesforce professionals on staff to go assign them to client projects. Now, what that also means is if you get that year of experience, and I say do that because it helps you understand your skills and where you're at and sort of compare yourself to others around you and sort of get a feel for, do I really know this stuff? How much do I know? How much don't I know? And then you can go out and like you said, you can freelance on the side. A lot of Salesforce professionals work day jobs and then freelance on the side outside of work. Um, other people like myself um, and part of my career, uh, I decided to work part-time when my daughter was born so I could spend more time with her while she was young. Uh, and I still work part-time today. So um, that that's carried forward for the last six years. So you just have more flexibility to go to a company and say, hey, look, I'm a meaningful part of your business, like an integral part. I automate your business processes and make your company more efficient. And so companies are very willing to work with you and be flexible because there's a massive talent shortage when it comes to some of these skilled positions. And if you're one of the talents in that very shallow pool of talent, uh, you can sort of make your own rules to a degree, especially once you get that year of experience under your belt. That's so helpful. What kind of person would this be good for? Like, would I need a college degree, tech background, marketing background? Like, how how would I learn Salesforce? And like, how would I know if this might be something that's good for me? Yeah, it's uh, obviously also a great question. Um, so, who is it? Who is it for? So, so what I would say is, don't worry about a college degree. You don't need one if you have one. I mean, it's going to give you leverage you know, over someone who maybe doesn't have a degree, especially if maybe it's a computer science degree or a business degree or something like that. In all likelihood, it's not going to be a degree like that. So it's probably not going to matter much what degree you have. It might give you one little checkbox on your resume to, to maybe look a little bit better than someone you're competing against uh, for a job. But in reality, you don't need a college degree at all. You certainly don't need any specific background. I mean, we've We've seen a little bit of everything to the point where it's not nuanced anymore. It's not like, oh, this one person had this special situation and they they found success. It's it's overwhelmingly that really if you just pick up and you start doing training to get your first certification and I'll sort of talk through that process, um, but you put in the work with free training online and you get in the right community groups and there are plenty out there and there are a few that are just really exceptional then I would say within four to six months, you should expect to find, if you can put in maybe 10 hours a week of you know self-guided study and preparation, then in four to six months at 10 hours a week, I would expect that you're going to land a job making right around $70,000 entry level. And if you have a four-year degree in, I'm just going to pick history, for example, or you have no degree at all, then you're still going to start out at about $70,000 because in tech fields in general, but specifically Salesforce careers, companies are more interested in your Salesforce skills, not your 
I guess, structured education from, you know, when you were in your teens. Um, so it's, it's not that interesting to them how much you know about history or geology or oceanography, because they need you to be a Salesforce professional, not tell them how the mm. layers of the earth work, if that makes sense. <laughs> really? That's not in Salesforce? It doesn't come up that's, as much as you might think. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Okay. So let's get into... So it sounds kind of like if you like project management or maybe like chaos coordination, then this could be something you might find enjoyable. Is that right? Is there any other um, thing you find like people tend to enjoy that enjoy Salesforce? Yeah, I, I would say what, what I do is, is, is I would say, that number one, that there's a lot of reasons why you might move from what you're doing today into a Salesforce career. And it's not because you're necessarily going to enjoy being a Salesforce professional. Um, because I don't think there's many things that I could do 40 hours a week where I'd be like, I enjoy my job um, without just toxic positivity. <laughs> so I might I might say that, but do I really mean it? Um, maybe not. So there's a there's definitely a line between what I'm doing today and whether or not I'll shift. And if that thing that I'm going to do next needs to be something I enjoy versus something that's better than what I'm doing today. So let's start mm. with who might actually like truly enjoy this job. All right. So we talked a little bit about this before, but you need to actually enjoy understanding business processes. So that wh what I mean by that is you could actually have a conversation with a business owner and say, how do you guys go about figuring out who your next customer is going to be? Like, who is your next lead? Like, how do you find them? Is it a billboard? Is it a website? Is it a conference that you go to? Is it shaking hands at a networking event? What is it? Like, how do you find, is it, is it TikTok or Instagram or YouTube? Like, how do you find your next customer? And that's actually an interesting conversation to you. Then that might be a cue that you might really enjoy this. If you think, well, how do you get them from watching a 60 second TikTok clip to purchasing a $2,000 product. How do you do that? And what's the process to get there? Um, once they purchase your product, how do you make sure that they love it and they share it with their friends and family and they wanna buy more of it? And then how do you handle, You know, man, that sounds like a lot of nuances. How do you go from them purchasing a product and supporting them to actually hiring employees and making sure that they're assigned tasks to do and keeping up with all the events and things that you have to do for your business. Like, how do you do all that? So if, if you're actually interested in understanding how a business works and you would like to talk to people about all the little nuances of their business and how it works, then you're probably really going to enjoy this. Like truly, you're going to show up to work and be like, I had a fun meeting today where I talked to people <laughs> about the nuances of how the sales team tries to get better at converting prospects to paying customers. Like that was an interesting conversation. So you would enjoy it. Now, on the other hand, I had one of our, you know, one of the students that we worked with, uh, she, she told me something and it stuck with me and it was choose your hard. And a lot of people say that, you know, my job is hard. I don't like my job. My manager is toxic. I don't like the people I work with. Uh, I don't see a clear path to getting a promotion. I don't see a clear path to making you know, maybe a little bit more money year over year, but I'm never going to make tens of thousands of dollars more than I make today. And I feel stuck a little bit. And 
you might just be getting to a point where you've been in a career for 10 years or 20 years and you're just like, you know what? I don't want to do this until 60. Like, it's just, I want to try something. Isn't there something more I could do with my life that maybe it doesn't pay more? Maybe it's just something different because I'm just tired of doing the same old thing and I can't imagine doing it for another 10 years. Um, so there's a lot of reasons. And going mm -hmm. back to choose your hard, it might be hard to pivot into a Salesforce career. You might have to put in four to six months at 10 hours a week and learn something new. And that's going to be hard in its own way. But it's also going to be really hard to just stick with what you're doing and keep showing up to work with an employer that you don't really like working for. Maybe they sell a product that you don't really believe in. Maybe you have to commute and you wish you had a remote job. Maybe when we talk about the average Salesforce professional, you know, with three years experience makes about $135,000. Like when we talk about things like that, you might go, hmm. So I kind of, I'm all right with what I do today. I don't love it, but it sounds like there's a big upside to trying out something new. So um, all getting back to whether or not you're going to enjoy a Salesforce career, I can't really tell you. If you love business processes, then cool. But whether or not it sounds better than what you're up to today, um, that could be a completely different conversation. Yeah. Mm, that's such a helpful framework because there's always going to be difficult parts to it. But mm -hmm. which parts are worth it for maybe the overall picture? Right. Mm hmm. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. 
You've thrown out a lot of numbers, which I appreciate, and I'm intrigued. Can you talk a little bit more about income trajectory, what that looks like, and what the different variables are in that? Like what someone could reasonably Mm. anticipate and what factors bear weight on that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, so I'll I'll just run through averages from... Uh, basically the people that we've worked with. And that's uh, right now we're at about 2,500 people. So we're not talking about like 40 people. We're talking about a lot of people, right? So um, what we're seeing for our averages, and I'll I'll tell you why I think it's important to talk about our averages versus maybe what you might see in the open market. And that's because when you have guidance on anything, it tends to impact your trajectory, right? Like if you try to do something by yourself, that can be rewarding and you can find success and it can be really cool to look back and say like, I didn't have any help and I did this all myself and that's cool. However, it stands to reason that if you have like truly quality guidance behind you, your outcomes are probably going to be better. Hopefully they should be better Mm -hmm. than if you did it yourself. Um, And so the reason that's why I make the distinction of what you might see in the open market versus what we've seen with 2000 plus people might vary. Um, and it and it should vary because if you're only talking to your spouse or friends about a career path that they know nothing about, then you're probably not going to get much good guidance. Um, it's going to take you longer to land jobs. It's going to take you longer to get raises. It's going to take you longer to understand where you should move forward in your career. And I, I think community groups can be really, really good for that. Obviously, I advocate for the the stuff that our services, but a lot of people simply don't want to afford or cannot afford services from professionals. And that's cool. So join a community group. And there are a lot of people who will help you. And there's groups on Facebook called, uh, we have a group called Salesforce for Everyone. We're right at about 18,000 members in there. And that's a great group to join. And we call it the Ohana um, because it's basically a group of people who quite literally will hop on a one hour phone call with you to talk to you about your needs. And they're never going to ask you for anything. It's just part of being part of a true community. Um, not everyone's going to do that, but a lot of people will. So I'm actually going to answer your question. Uh, so so income trajectories. <laughs> so what we see average entry level, uh, so entry level meaning no experience outside of maybe some of that 10 hours a week that you do for the four to six months might be getting experience, getting your first certification, uh, getting on LinkedIn and getting your what we call professional branding, right? Uh, Getting your resume up to date, uh, talking to other people in community groups about what they do at work because they may already be Salesforce professionals and a lot of them are. You can talk to them about what they're up to and the kind of the problems that they see in the real world and that kind of thing. Um, So with no experience other than just your community and your, your 10 hours a week, uh, you should expect about $70,000. The average that we see is just over $72,000. So I think it's fair to say somewhere between sixty-five dollars and $75,000 is what you should expect for an entry-level job. Now, the kicker is that with our alumni, within 18 months, that's about the time frame, 12 to 24, if you want to range. 12 to 24 months is when you should expect to hit six figures. Um, so you're going to hit that jump from 70000 in less than two years, you're going to jump up $30,000 to $100,000. All right. By year three, you should expect to see another considerable jump that maybe three to four years, you're going to see another considerable jump up from around that 100K mark to around about 130, 140K mark. And you'll see that cap out 
usually around year five to seven in the space, you're probably going to hit a cap and that's going to be around $150,000, maybe a little bit more unless you get into specialties. And I don't know if we really need to go that deep, but there are a lot of specializations. In the Salesforce ecosystem, I say you need one certification. The Salesforce administrator certification is what you need to make employers look at you seriously and go, okay, you've put in some work yourself. You're serious about this career path. All right, we'll take you seriously. There are 40, I believe there's more than 40 different certifications total now in the Salesforce ecosystem. And those are different types of specialties you can get into if you really love marketing, if you really love sales or support or anything in between. And if you get into some of those niches, um, you can definitely get paid way more than you know, $150,000, $200,000 a year. And if you get into management where you're managing a team of Salesforce professionals, obviously you can get paid more. So there are ways to increase your pay beyond that. But if you just wanna be a nine to five worker um, showing up, getting your job done, going home at five o'clock or leaving your home office at five o'clock, then you're probably going to cap out. I would say expect to cap out around 150 to 180,000. Wow. And those jumps, what are the factors that cause those jumps every year? Is it just experience or is it something else you're acquiring? It's mainly experience. Like that is the kicker is the experience. Um, Now, quality of experience does matter. You can't really tell quality of experience from a resume or a LinkedIn profile that's typically going to come out in the interview is when people are asking you questions and it's like, huh, you don't really seem to know much more than an entry level person, but you have Mm -hmm. 15 months of experience and then they'll start digging in on, tell me what you do at work. Like, tell me some of the problems you've solved with your Salesforce skills. And if you can't really elaborate on that. Um, And that's where interview coaching comes into play. Like you need people to help you because sometimes people do have really good skills and they just haven't prepared well to communicate that effectively because they don't really Mm -hmm. know what they're supposed to be saying. So uh, all of that to say experience matters the most, but what I would expect, like if I were hiring a Salesforce professional, I would say if you have a year and a half of experience, I'm going to be a little taken aback if you still just have the one certification because it's going to show me you're not like pushing yourself or challenging yourself. Um, so I would expect by 18 months, um, you should probably have, you know, maybe three certifications, something like that. If you're acquiring a new certification every six to nine months, that would be that'd be pretty well expected. Is that something you pay for yourself? Are you investing in your own training? Usually employers are going to pay for that because it's valuable to them, especially if you work for a consultancy and we don't have to get into deep, but certifications are part of their score, their partner score as a consultancy. So the, so if they have consultants who work for them that have more certifications, it improves their score. So when they talk to clients, they can say, hey, we have this score and these are the number of consultants that we have that are certified. So they'll actually put you in little like internal boot camps at the company to help you quickly get more certifications. I've seen people get, you know, five, six certifications in one year because mm. maybe the company doesn't have a project to put them on right now. So they'll put them in a, you know, a two week boot camp to just get them another certification. Um, so uh, certifications sort of play a, a role in the Salesforce space. Typically, employers are going to pay for that. But the truth is, it's like it ranges from about $150 to $200 to, to pay for an exam for a certification. And when you're making even, you know, $70,000 entry level, you know, shelling out 200 bucks to advance your career is is usually not a big bite, but it does help when employers are willing to foot the bill for you. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's way less expensive than a lot of other industry CEUs. And and there's no upkeep. That there is upkeep from a uh, educational perspective, as far as like you do have to take an upkeep exam uh, three times a year. They're 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 small, um, and you can wait the whole year and just do all three of them at once, and it'll probably take you a couple, mm. an hour or two, something like that. But there are no fees associated with those upkeeps like you see in a lot of other industries. Um, so Salesforce isn't trying to keep you from continuing to be a professional in their space. And, you know, really, they want you to continue to be a talent. And that just sheds more light on there is a massive talent gap. And Salesforce is doing everything they can to try to get more professionals into the space with, you know, free training online. I mean, really good free training if you go to trailhead.org. Actually, it might be trailhead.com now. So don't quote me on that. So trailhead.com actually. <laughs> and uh, if you go there, you can set up a free account and it's like incredible free training that you can take. And Salesforce has poured tens of millions of dollars into that. And it's like, why would they do that? That should be paid training. And it's because if they're getting new customers at like breakneck speed and there's not talent in place to go get hired by those customers and help them use the tool, that's a problem for them. So they have a big incentive to make sure that a lot of free resources are available to people who want to break into this. Yeah, that was the most interesting thing to me is that the training to get these certifications, Salesforce gives it for free. Yeah. Uh, and it's always helpful. It, this conversation has got me like thinking back to our interview with Mandy Woodruff Santos, who was really advocating when you're trying to increase your income to find mentorship, mm. to network. Mm -hmm. And and that's uh, when you do that, you definitely progress faster. Mm -hmm. But like all of this is available no matter what your income level is right now. Yeah. Uh, and if you're in a time crunch, you can always invest to get more guidance in all of this. But no, but like Salesforce is not trying to make a profit on selling their training. Right. They're just trying to get people in so that the businesses have resources right. to set up Salesforce. Yep. And then if they make their customers happy, more customers <laughs> will buy their products. So that's their right? It's not that they're, they're not doing it for the, the good of the world, right? It's a business play. Mm -hmm. And if they can get more mm -hmm. talent in the space, they'll get more customers and they'll make more money. So it's a it's a win for them. And it's a win for us as the professionals. So we're benefiting from the fact that they make their money from businesses, not consumers. So this is like a truly frugal side hustle. Really? What are the things you would pay for? It's like the certifications. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mostly. So, so mostly it would be that again, you only need one certification to, to land your job. So if you're just looking to pivot in, then I would say there's, there's usually coupons available. Um, they call them like voucher codes or whatever. And there's, there's always one available for $40 off. So it's a $200 exam. There's always one available for 40 off. So you can get it for 160, but a lot of times they'll do, uh, like a hundred dollars off or, buy an exam, get your next exam free kind of thing. Um, so, so there's a lot of different things they do just trying to, you know, pique people's interest and get them incentivized to get more certifications. Uh, I would expect if you're going to DIY approach this, there are some very inexpensive resources that I would recommend um, for getting certified. And so I would expect to maybe spend about $30 on some just online self-guided certification training. It's just it's a no-brainer. If you have thirty dollars, mm -hmm. just please go pay for you know some of this training, and it just fast tracks it for you. 
And, and so then maybe you pay 160. So I'd still say you're going to stick to $200 or less. Um, and that cost is going to come specifically from getting that first certification. The rest, um, you can, you can do it for free, right? Like you can interview prep on your own and watch YouTube videos and find guidance through communities. The, I would say the, the pillars of getting you your first job are going to be getting that first certification trying to get some hands-on experience, whether that's just through like a pretend project that you create for yourself, which can be difficult if you don't know really what to create for yourself. You might volunteer with a nonprofit. Uh, you might find somebody who works at a company already and maybe ask if you can uh, shadow them or just intern with them. Um, hands-on experience is key if you want to beat the typical competition, like even just having three or four weeks of experience at 10 hours a week is going to be massive because you have infinitely more experience than the people who don't have any. Uh, the other thing is going to be your LinkedIn. Like people overlook LinkedIn. It's sad, but you know, we've ran the the stats and, and just over 30% of our members uh, land jobs through networking. So there was never a job application. There was never anything to click apply on. It was just, hey, I've seen you on LinkedIn. We've communicated a few times. My company has a position opening up. If you want to interview for it before we post the job, would that be interesting? And it's like, yeah, of course. And you go interview. So it, you would think like, again, a nuanced situation, like, yeah, I'm sure it happens every now and then. And it happens just over 30% of the time, which is sizable. So if you're not on LinkedIn, if you're not networking, uh, if you're not active in the sort of Salesforce LinkedIn community, then you're basically taking 30% of the entry-level jobs off the table for yourself. So LinkedIn, your resume and interviewing, like if you are not doing interviewing prep, we, we call it falling at the finish line because it means you've done everything else right. Like your resume got you the interview, your LinkedIn, your networking, your certification, like all the work you've put in got you the interview and then you didn't prepare for the interview. So all that work was for nothing because you can't cross the finish line. Um, so I would say those are the big things that go into actually landing a job. And there's a little, we could talk about job search strategy, like don't just click apply now. That's what everybody does. Like that gets into networking and talking to people in private messages and community groups. Again, um, that's where the networking pays off because you can sort of slip in the back door instead of going through the interview stack process. Do you know what doesn't require a lot of prep whatsoever and people easily cross the finish line? You can always enter through the front door. No knowledge whatsoever. The Bill of the Week! That's right! It's time for the best minute of your entire week! Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, buffalo bills, Bill Clinton... This is the bill of the week. Oh, perfect. We were going to yell at you. All good things come with no barrier. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. No preparation. I mean, we did. I mean, we gave you more than what we normally give people. Thank you. And telling you we were going to yell at you. (laughs) All right. Bradley, every week we invite our listeners or our guests to give us their bill of the week. And so I know you've put a little thought into yours. So I look forward to hearing it. Yeah. So yeah, my bill of the week, I knew I, you know, I've listened to many of your episodes and everybody always seems to have a solid answer or at least 
they seem to uh, do better than what I had in mind if you were going to put me on the spot. So thank you for letting me prepare. So uh, for me, it is my tax bill. And I don't know if that's my bill of the week, but I think about it probably every week. Um, So, you know, I'm not one of those people who like, I want to pay my taxes. I want to do the right thing, but I also want to pay the least amount possible uh, and still not go to prison. That's like my aim. Like I'm not interested in prison. Yeah, it's it's great. I love that. Right? It's a good goal. So I was just going to share that. I know you, you guys work with a lot of people and give a lot of advice around side hustles and freelancing and, you know, different ways to make money on the side. And that typically involves 1099 income, which is your side income. And so if you haven't already, like if if you have not done this, like please look into a solo 401k. I know that this guidance has been shared, you know, repeatedly, but if you're still overlooking it, um, the cool thing about a solo 401k is that you get all the same benefits. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I need a full-time job because of the retirement benefits. It's like, not really, because you can do a 401k on your own through your side business. That is not some benefit that a company has. Now, if they match you, that's cool. But really look at how much that match is giving you each year. And you might be surprised by what a small benefit that is overall. Um, So solo 401k, the cool thing here is that as your income scales, you have a massive cap. Like if you're going through an employer, I believe the cap is around $20,000. It varies. So I'll just leave it at $20,000 because it changes like every year now. With a solo 401k, your cap is $57,000 a year. Okay. So there's like a, I know that's not a big concern to most people. They're like, I'm never going to hit the 20,000. What are you talking about? But one day, if you follow the guidance from your frugal friends, then eventually you may find yourself in a position where you can invest more than $20,000 a year. And if that's coming from 1099 income, then you can invest $57,000 a year. And that's tax sheltered income. Uh, And you can do the same for your spouse. So if your spouse works for your business and that doesn't mean much in reality, you can shelter another $57,000. So imagine the first $114,000 plus the current standard deduction of like 25K. You could shelter the first, what, $139,000 of your income. So I know, again, not a big deal to most people, but the solo 401k is awesome. Um, The other thing is if you have that 1099 income uh, hiring your child, and again, I know people are like crazy. They're like, oh no, I'm going to get audited and they're going to put the cuffs on and then I'm going to jail. Like, uh, I'm not a tax advisor, but just go Google the amount. Go go try to find the trending video of the person getting arrested for having their child labeled as an employee at the company. Like, find that video. It's not a reality. Like, you might get a fee and you might be surprised by the fees. Like, if you were to get audited and they were able to prove, no, your child is worthless and does nothing, um, then you might pay a couple hundred bucks, okay? So the cool thing about hiring your child is that you can open a Roth IRA for them if you want to. So you could pay them $6,000 a year and go ahead and get their their investing started. We could get into this, but Roth IRAs are, uh, it's excellent. You can use it to buy your first home. You can use it to pay for college whenever they get to college. You can use that Roth IRA for a lot of things. And those are all penalty-free ways you can spend that Roth IRA or they can spend that Roth IRA when they get to that point in their lives or they can 
save it until they're 59 and a half and they can cash it out and they're going to have uh, tax-free growth. So uh, it's an excellent way to sort of put some money away and your child can also take a standard deduction. Uh, so you can pay them, I forget the exact number right now, I believe it's just over $12,000 a year. And that is all standard deduction for them. Uh, so the cool thing about that is you can pay them out of your income and or out of your business income and you don't have to pay taxes on that, but you get to keep the money in the family. So that's a beautiful thing. Uh, so those are just a couple of the things I would advise. And you can save, you know, you can shelter with the standard deduction on top upwards of $150,000 a year completely legally. And it's, it's fun to, uh, yes, pay your taxes, but don't pay more than you need to. Who knew we'd get an extra little mini investing episode. Who knew? I Within love the it. bill of the week. My goodness. <laughs> G- great stuff, Bradley. If you all listening want to also share about striking the balance between paying taxes and not going to prison, oh, that's a lovely balance to strike. Or, you know, if you've just got like a normal bill of the week for us, you know the kind. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. And now it's time for the lightning round. The lightning round. I wish, I wish this week's question was something about prison, but we did not have the foresight uh, you should have come up with a question. I should have. I love the. I love the. Com- that's why when 
Kai is able. I'm going to hire him as my executive assistant and have him bring me my coffee. Have you guys and... not had an episode on PrisonFi? Like, no, really? Wow. Yeah, like getting Gosh. your getting your investments in order and then going to prison and and not having any bills did, and did then we, letting did we that bring compound you on for the work? wrong episode. I think so. Did we bring you on for the wrong topic? We got the next side hustle episode. <laughs> I'm so sad. Uh, well, we'll just uh, have you on again to talk about that. I don't know why that this is totally separate and I won't talk about it for long, but reels are starting to show up in, I don't know, wherever I watch the various reels and more and more like tips on prison life are showing up for me. Is this happening for anyone else? The algorithm knows. I don't know. No. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is common. I'm like, no, I'm getting like a lot of prison hack videos. And you about to go I to prison, Jill. You about know, to get but then, picked up. But then I'm like, well, I don't want to scroll past these too quickly because I might need to know this stuff. <laughs> you did not strike the balance with your taxes well enough. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, it ain't her taxes that she getting picked knows. up for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, for gosh. other reasons. Well, what a lightning right. ring. Well, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so for our actual lightning round question that is m- far more boring than the conversation we're having now, but we can always incorporate prison into it should we need to. Yeah. We're talking about our favorite life hack, uh, about side hustles, working part-time, working from home, whatever. Uh, initially, I was like, this sounds like the question, like, where's the weirdest place you've ever worked from home? <laughs> so that if you have that answer, I'd also love to hear it. But yes, that is the actual question. But let's get weird. I mean, get as weird as you want. All right. So let's uh, start not weird round. and we'll just like cap it off with weirdness. Um, OK, <laughs> you you as our guest can go first. Oh, oh thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Southern hospitality coming out. Um, all right. So <laughs> the I, I would just say that for, for the people out there who are not sure about remote work, like I, I've just seen, you know, people say whatever on social media. So I've seen the comments that are like, I could never work from home. You know, uh, I've got to have my space to, you know, whatever else. I, I don't know what they say. It doesn't make sense to me. But but let's assume that those are realities. And what I would say is that when I got my first work from home job, the, the thing that blew my mind the most is, you know, like if you go into an office and you work, there are inefficiencies. Like you spend way too much time getting water, going to the bathroom, and like working to the next, walking to the next building for a meeting or something, getting coffee like six times for no reason. Like these things happen, all right? Plus you, you look at your personal emails, I mean, you pull open an app on your phone. I could go on. These things happen. And at home, the cool thing is instead of like piddling in the break room, you can actually do things like maybe order some groceries online and have those delivered to your house and grab them while you're at work and you can get your grocery shopping done. You can wash your dishes. You can do your laundry. You can clean your house. I would take lunch breaks and go outside and cut the grass and then come back in and get back to work after my lunch break. Like. There are so many ways that basically when you get off work, let's say you work nine to five, you get off work at five o'clock instead of coming home and having all those things lined up for you to do, they're already done. And it's an amazing thing to really improve the flow and efficiency of your life. So remote work to me, no brainer because I can get everything done around my house uh, during those inefficient times at work. Now, 
getting weird. I don't think it's too weird. It's 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 really kind of uh, the the different places that I've I've worked remotely. Um, so we did an RV trip where I did not take any time off of work, and uh, what I would have to do is when we got to a new location, I would have to check for internet quality and make sure that we had good internet. And then backup plan was Google the word Wi-Fi and just, or sorry, in like Google Maps and try to find locations that had reviews for how exceptional their Wi-Fi was in that area. And usually that was a coffee shop or something like that. Um, however, we were at a state park and there was nothing within an hour and a half that I could find. And I ended up hiking for about two hours until I found signal with Verizon and then came back down. And the next morning to go to work, I had to strap a camp chair on my back with a laptop and a portable battery and hike for two hours until I could sit up on a pretty nice spot, but it got pretty hot also because I was in direct sunlight and uh, it was interesting. So I worked from there for uh, for four hours that day, sitting in a camp chair on top of a, a little peak. So quite interesting. I wouldn't recommend it. That's so funny. Most people will hike to get away from technology <laughs> and you had to hike to it. Hiking to technology. That's it. <laughs> Must stay connected. <laughs> oh, there it is. That's. It sounds so fun, but it also is so stressful when you're not certain, you know you've got work to do and you're not certain if you're going to find a spot. Mm -hmm. It's life on the edge though. And it sounds yeah. like Bradley, you like it. You know, I like it a will bit. I go to prison yeah. this year or will or won't I? I don't know. That's right. That's right. We like to we like How to long walk do I have lines. to hike for Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah. That's it. No, at the end it of the day, worst case scenario, what? Like the manager's like, Brad, where were you yesterday? And it's like, listen, it's okay. And it is okay. <laughs> You're gonna be okay. It is okay. <laughs> listen, <laughs> it's okay. Listen. What about you, Jen? What's your answer to this lightning oh, round? Oh, gosh. So I think the w weirdest places that I've worked are probably just outside. I hate working outside, actually. It's my least. I love going, uh, Jill, to your place and your covered porch screened in. You know, it feel it's outside, but it feels inside. That's kind of the extent. But I also hate camping. I'm more of a hotel girl. So that's every place. Anytime I have to work outside at Starbucks or something is weird for me. I mean, it's always loud. It's always buggy and windy. And so I don't do it. But I am one of those people that sometimes I will get too distracted by chores at home and I will have to. So I work at a coffee shop once a week because it's weird to like get up and lay down at a coffee shop, which I will do at weird. home, especially being pregnant. And it's weird to do that in public. And so I use that social dilemma to keep me on track. <laughs> so I do that. It's not weird in public, but it's weird in my head. That's why I do it. And I think my favorite hack, it's, so it's not really a hack. Maybe it's like a little word of wisdom. Yours was a word of wisdom, so I'm going to follow suit. I have found that when I started side hustling, it was because I felt stuck and I wanted more. And I really thought that that first thing I did was going to be the thing that did it for me. And I found that it was not, but it was necessary to get to the thing that did it for me. I wouldn't be here if I didn't start there. 
So like, instead of thinking the thing you start with is the thing that you may stick with, same with Salesforce. Salesforce could just be a route to something different. You have to do these things that are stepping stones to get you to where you really want to be because you may not know where you really want to be. Podcasting was not on my list of things that I wanted to do with my life. And I would have never known if I hadn't been tricked into starting this by Jill and Eric. (laughs) I totally agree. That's great advice. Yeah. Uh, Similarly, I don't have a, a hack with it. It's, well, maybe it's advice and maybe a hack. I don't, when it comes to side hustles, I don't think we have to look far or stretch for it. I think we can look to what's already in our hands or what's already in our space. And you've described well, Bradley, you need a computer and internet to be <laughs> so able need some things. to to get started with Salesforce. But similarly, with really kind of anything else, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's the, what do I already have? I know our listeners have heard me time and time again, but mm-hmm. you, you know, we had speakers and microphones and computers. So we were able to DJ on the weekend. And uh, I had plants in my backyard, so I was able to sell them. Didn't make a ton of money with that. But it's just that, what do I already have I already had a microphone and I had a friend named Jen, so might as well start a podcast. It was that simple. (laughs) And I think just the creativity and play that side hustles give space for, that they can be something totally separate from what you're accustomed to doing, and yet maybe even something that you enjoy doing, and so it's life-giving. And since everyone's answering this question, my favorite place to work is the airport, I get my most deep focus waiting for my flight. I don't know if it's like the hustle and bustle of everybody else kind of going places, but it's like so much hustle and bustle that I can drown it out. And there really isn't anywhere else for me to go except for wait at my gate. So my husband and I will often get to our gate early and just sit there and pound out some work. It actually makes a little sense. It's like <laughs> yeah. so overwhelming to I, yeah. watch that you may as well just work. Yeah. 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 Airports are overwhelming to me in general, but I have been to the airport with you and Eric. And I think it's that that lounge access. Oh, yeah. Might we help. also have some lounge access. So, yeah, that uh, you leave in that little detail out, but it helps. <laughs> I'll little. tell you about the Cleveland crawl later, Jen. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I cannot mm-hmm. wait. But first, Brad, where can people find more from you, your mentorship community, all of that? Yeah, I would say for especially the people here, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I bet you're a podcast listener. Just something, something I thought might be true. Sometimes they are. They they sometimes could be. So uh, we do have a podcast called Salesforce for Everyone. Uh, So I would highly recommend checking that out and just start with episode one. I would say episode one through eight, we designed to be understanding Salesforce all the way through landing your first Salesforce job. So those eight episodes should really put you in a headspace to figure out what's going to go into this and do I really want to do this? Um, My other recommendation, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I do respond to all of my messages. So uh, feel free to message me there. I think that link is linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Brad Force. 
Or you can just search Bradley Rice in the bar and my background picture is like this crazy bright orange situation. So can't really miss it. Um, those are the two best ways to sort awesome. of find more information. And I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have a five day challenge too. Uh, yes. So what's in that? Yeah. We have a lot of free resources um, because again, this is very communal. If you have, like, if you want to spend money on our program, you can do that. But I also understand that a lot of people don't either number one, they don't have the disposable income or they just don't want to spend money because they're frugal. And so if you try out the five-day challenge, that's at talentstacker.com forward slash now. Uh, the five-day challenge is there. And what that does is that walks you through getting your first certification. Uh, it walks you through getting your LinkedIn profile set up. It literally shows you how to create a LinkedIn profile and what matters. It shows you how to get hands-on experience before you land your first job. And it walks you through what you're up against, like some of the obstacles you might face and how to be prepared for those uh, so that they don't get in your way as you're going through this four to six month process of landing your first Salesforce job. Excellent. That's awesome. Bradley, I am going to be now forwarding you to your LinkedIn account, all the prison tip videos. So Sweet. That's perfect. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I might need them. <laughs> you might when the seesaw goes out of balance for a it's split like they, second. It's like they always say, you never know when you might be going to prison. You know, people <laughs> say like that. They right? always say it's like my grandpa <laughs> always told me. That's right. Yep. That's our subtitle, I think, for the <laughs> show. You never know when prison comes a knocking. <laughs> oh, it's been fun, Bradley. And, and now I know. Now, and now you know. I know more and I'm a little tempted. Right. It's always <laughs> tempting to, to hear the income opportunity uh -huh. and to know that it's all stuff that I love. But I've already started this friggin' podcast, you know, so yeah. I don't have time for a Salesforce career. <sighs> That's the thing for me. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't love it. So we got <laughs> yeah. to plow, plow my own way out here. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll figure it out. But man, we I've will. got some takeaways from Bradley. I didn't comment on this, but toxic positivity. I'm going to chew on that one. Ponder that a bit. Right? Um, yeah. Choose your hard. That's a great little reminder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then piddle in the break room. I like that I love phrase. that you you actually emphasize that in the outline. Mm -hmm. Piddle in the break room. Yep. And I appreciated that too. Mm -hmm. So I hope you everyone listening also got those nuggets even if you decided maybe this isn't for you, but it's such an approachable thing to learn. And again, maybe what you do now won't be what you do in 10 years. But you're also not bound to the thing you chose 10 years ago to do as a career. You can always pivot. Yeah. It's your story and you can always throw in a plot twist. That's why I love any of these side hustles that are low cost for entry, because then you don't feel so bad when you do make a pivot. You can mm -hmm. train for free. Don't even take the exam if after you've gone through the training, you realize, oh, that's not for me. So many of these things that like you don't have to invest tens of thousands of dollars to start a business. You can just start and then you've, you don't have... A whole lot of at least financial skin in the game. So you can make those pivots and make changes and it's not a huge deal. So mm -hmm. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening. Many of you know we have a membership for our listeners who are paying off debt, uh, where we have monthly challenges. We post videos of these expert interviews for you to, uh, you know, look back on and easily access. And then we have a bunch of different courses that will help you pay off your debt faster and go beyond that. So we want to congratulate one of our members in our membership for a big win. Corey, she says, it's official. I have reviewed and cleaned out all of my photos and videos on the cloud. It has decreased from 29,000 to 2,800. They span from 2013 to 2022. Took about 10 hours total. Oh my gosh, Corey. This was from, I know this was from our Simplify Challenge uh, because we ran a Simplify Challenge last year. Because when you simplify, you can streamline and that helps your finances. And gosh, 29000 that sounds like you were probably having to pay for storage too. <laughs> so oh it probably saved you money on that, Corey. So That's a good point. congrats. Yeah, I think when we talk about minimalism and decluttering and simplifying, we often go to, and understandably so, our physical spaces, but realizing it's also digital too, as the more cluttered our digital space is, our phones, our computers, the more that takes up our own mental, emotional capacity. And like you're mentioning, Jen, like sometimes it costs money to hold Mm -hmm. storage on all these digital things. So cleaning that out can be such a weight off. And yes, help us find all of these things. We're whole people. They help us financially too. Maybe not in direct ways, but absolutely indirect ways. Congrats, Corey. Yes. Uh, So if you want to check out our membership like Corey and join her and all of our other community members doing course watching these interviews, doing challenges, then head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club uh, to check out what we have in the membership and see if it's right for you. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Okay, the Cleveland Crawl. Jen. Okay, tell me about it's what Cleveland. we call it now. Okay. So I say Eric and I love to work at the airport because, well, we are able to do that a lot. We're flying a lot, multiple times a month, usually. And Cleveland Yikes. is one of the places that we fly to often because yes. my sister lives there. And Cleveland has two lounges available with our credit card. One is a restaurant that we both get like $28 off of our meal, which usually covers our entire meal. And then there's an actual just lounge lounge with a bar and kind of buffet style food. So we now... Anytime we fly out of Cleveland, come back to our home in Tampa, try and get there just a little bit earlier so we can do what we now call the Cleveland crawl. And the Cleveland airport isn't massive. So it literally is just like a short crawl. You could do it on your hands and (laughs) knees if you need to. And so we go to the restaurant first and we get ourselves a nice meal. And then we go to the lounge afterwards and we get ourselves a drink and maybe some extra snacks. And, you know, we work along the way and we're just preparing for our flight. And we come back home to Tampa all fat and happy. Yeah, I remember I saw you guys that after the Cleveland crawl and (laughs) Eric was stuffed. He, He was stuffed. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. That is fun. I like that. I have benefited from your $28 voucher, not in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can imagine you telling your sister like, oh, yeah, our flight's at like noon when really it's at five and, and she drops you off at 10 and you guys are just eating and drinking Crawling around at the Cleveland airport, just spending the day. It is enjoying one of my favorite the Cleveland airport. Yeah, it did. I know, right? And, and you're telling and, your sister, "Oh, our flight gets in at five, <laughs> when really it gets in at noon." And you're just at the lounge drinking. There have been times where I'm like, "Take your time getting us. We're just hanging out at Bar Simon." At the Cleveland airport. Cleveland And if you were to ask Eric, if he were to be on this microphone right now, he would tell you the wings at Bar Simon and the Cleveland airport are some of the best wings he's ever had. It is one of his favorite meals. So well done, Cleveland airport. Well done, Cleveland. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.